You know, some people believe that worship is something like we do from here and we kind of catch over there. No, worship is something that we do all around this place and beyond. Do you agree with that? Even when you are singing you are, and you are not singing that great like I do, uh, I don't sing that great, but I'm still worshiping. I might not be able to lead from here, but I'm leading from there with everybody from here, right? Which is great. So this morning, we would like to continue to do our gold uh, sermon series, and I'd like us to read from the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 1. And maybe you, you and I can read it together. Um, I'd like to ask the folks over there to just stop the reading up to verse 9, if, if that is possible. Just Stand up with me, please. Let's read it together. Ready? Okay. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the journey, no stuff, no bag, no bread, no money. Gary, no coffee? Okay, let's keep. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming good news and healing people everywhere. Now Herod, the tetrarch, heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the Can you please sit down? Yes. Um, Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. We just want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice. We want to continue to uh, receive what you got for us. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So several years ago, 2003, I was in this store, a gas station, basically, and I saw a big guy coming in, really tall, really strong, kind of good looking, but I didn't really pay attention to him. I just looked around and continue to, to do what I was doing. And a friend of mine came running to me and said, look, you know who that guy is? I said, what guy? The big guy. That's Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm like, really? Okay, let's take a picture with the guy. And so, okay. So we, I just was there and the guy grabbed me and, and we took a picture. But for him, that was a great deal. It was a big deal. I was just totally surprised that the guy came to the gas station, right? But I didn't recognize them at the moment because I was so busy mentally. That, but the, the, my friend was so excited because he got to see a person that he admires a lot, big time for him. I did like Shaquille O'Neal, but maybe not like he did. Now, let me ask you a question. If you would have mentioned a person, if you, were, if you would like to choose a person that you really like right now, a very famous person, what would that person be? Can you give me an example? One person that you will choose, a famous person that you want to know. Who? Huh? 
Okay, what now? Be ready, Ruby. Why? Okay, thank you. That's good. Anyone else? What are you? Why? Amazing accomplishment. Thank you. Anyone else? Somebody else. What is it? Yes. Why? Okay. Anyone else? One more. Just one more. Who? That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I want, that's, that's the best. But I want another regular guy. <laughs> I, say, I say very famous, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not that famous. <laughs> yeah. All right, choose anyone else. Okay? Why? But don't, don't go too far. Huh? Great leadership. Okay, excellent. So, I want us to read, and I miscalculated the reading. Maybe I wanted to say to the ten, number 10. Can you, have me, can you give me the number 10, verse number 10 of this text, please? If it's possible. Wait, what? No, no. Go back to the original reading. If no, I can read it from here. Uh, no, don't worry. I'm going to read it from here. Yeah, I miscalculated that one. Um, it says here, verse number 10, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with, with him, and, if, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida, but the crowd learned about it and followed him there. And remember, that's when happened the multiplication of the bread and the fishes. But you know, there is... In this reading, if you, if, you, if you read verse number 7 to, there's now Herod, the Tetrarch, remember, heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I behated John, who then is this I hear such things about, and he tried to see him. Now, this is funny. Herod is the king. He's a very important guy, and he wants to see Jesus, but he doesn't do anything to do that, to accomplish that. He says, I heard a lot of good things about this man, but I don't know how to get to, get, uh, to, get to see him. Basically, he said, and he wanted to see him. I'm going to ask you a common sense question. If you were the king or the queen, and you wanted to see somebody, would you be able to do that, yes or not? But the way the writer is saying this, uh, this narrative is like, he wanted to see him, but, and then? And what? Just wanted to see him, right? Okay. So it's fascinating that he wants to see Jesus, but he doesn't do anything to do that, to accomplish that. And so for me, when I continue reading the, the gospel, you'll notice that 14 chapters later, 14 chapters, I don't know how many months or days, I don't know if, if that, those were years, but 14 chapters later, 
In an unexpected turn of events, Herod finally was able to see Jesus. Let's read that. Luke 23, verse 7 through 10. Luke 23, verse 7 through 10. Look, when he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, that's Pilate, he sent him to who? Who was also in Jerusalem. Good timing, finally, at that time. Then when Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly what? Because for a long time, wow, this is fascinating. The king was for a long time, he had been wanting to what? From what he had, wait, wait, (laughs) from what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him to do what? Okay. He had been waiting, hoping, wanting to see Jesus. And the only thing that he wanted to see from Jesus is what? Wow. Then he, look at this, he, read with me, he plied with him with many questions, but Jesus gave him what? Oh, what a disappointment, man. This is a great disappointment. I have been waiting for, to see this guy. I wanted to ask him so many questions. I wanted to see something powerful, and he is giving me no answers. Wow. Then... The chief priest and the teachers of the law were standing there. Wow. So you, you have that, right? A man who has been waiting to see Jesus for a long time. He, did do, he didn't do nothing to accomplish that. And by chance, you will say, it could, for me it's providentially, it happens, they got, he got to see him. And when he saw him, he was so pleased, but then he only wanted Vegas Jesus. He wants entertainment. He wants to see this regular guy for him, simple guy for him, powerful yet, but he wants to see something, a dance or something, some sort of a, a show from him, and Jesus gave him zero. It could have been really interesting to see that in person, right? Now, the contrast to that, and I want to give you an interesting uh, insight to this reading. Look, and I hope you have that one too. Look, A123. Look at this. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and a village to, a, to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Yes? The twelve were with him, and also some, read with me please, some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of, the manager of who? Just wait, wait, take a pause there. She was the manager of who? Who? Susanna, and many others. Now, it's an interesting, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Thank you. It's an interesting that even Herod, Herod was too close to Jesus to the point that he, a manager who was a Jesus follower was in his own house. 
and at the same time, very far from Jesus, that he, do, he didn't do anything to get to see him. But everything that he needed to, needed to, to, to accomplish that was right there. He had all the power, all the authority. He has even a manager working for him who was a follower of Jesus. I don't know if he knew that. Sometimes we are so busy that we don't notice what we need to notice, right? But everything that he needed to accomplish his desire was right there. And yet, he was really far from something that was too close to him. Too far and too close. What an irony, right? Too far and too close. But Jesus was always available, always, to the common people. Anybody who wanted to talk to him, anybody who wanted to touch him, even if he didn't give them permission, like the women, remember, who touched them behind uh, uh, on his coat, or, you know, everything that they wanted to do or wanted to, I mean, they wanted to come to Jesus, they can, they could. He was available. But not for Herod. And when the time came, when the time came, Herod actually missed that great opportunity. You know, it's been, I've been thinking about that for a long time already. You know, how is it that you really have the opportunity, the power, the availability and everything that you need, and you don't get what you really need, what you're looking for? What is it? What's going on with that? Heard about this story of a young woman who was cooking a roast with her mother, uh, and she noticed that she was cutting off the edges of the roast. And she said, "Why did you do that, Mama?" And she said, "I don't know. Your my my mother always da- does it, so I do it. Why don't you call her and ask?" So she grabbed the phone and called her and said, Grandma, I have a question. Why were you uh, cooking, when you cooked the roast, why did you cut off the the edges of it? And she said, you know why? That's pretty simple. I do that because my pan is very small. (laughs) Now, notice this. I want you to think about this. The mother never knew that. Why? She never asked. Why? It was right there. Right? She couldn't even call her mother. She never bothered to do that. It's like Herod, right? She had everything he needed. I mean, he, has a, he had everything he needed. He didn't bother to ask. And I wonder if we know why. We want Jesus in our lives. I wonder if, if you ever ask that question to yourself. Why do I want Jesus in my life? For some people, I have asked some people, why are you coming to church? Not necessarily to this church, any church. And, and they say, I was raised that way. But I ask, but why you come to church? They say, I don't know. I just come. But I think we have to ask the question, 
why do I want Jesus in my life? Because if I don't ask that question, I might be getting from Jesus or asking from Jesus, Jesus something he's not willing to give me. Like, for instance, show, entertainment, thrilling moments only, you know? I might be asking something from Jesus that he doesn't want to give me, really. You know, I might be so used to my Christian religion, talking about religion, right? Um, and I'm going to go back to the, to the tree, uh, um, Len, because as, as you were talking, I was thinking, wow, we think, and I'm not going to ruin your analogy, analogy, it's a really good one, but I'm thinking, are we really climbing a tree, or are we, are, or we are part of the tree already? Remember when Jesus says, said, I am divine, and you and my Father, is it what? Yeah. And who are you? You're the branches. So, actually, Jesus is too available to us that we don't notice that we're already part of Jesus. You see that, what I'm saying? You already are part of that tree. You already are part of that faith. <laughs> you don't have to really do so much other than, like you say, embrace that. Embrace the fact that Jesus is available and that you don't need a lot of religion in order to, be, to get what you really need from Jesus. What is it that you really need from Jesus is a question that we need to ask. What is it that we are looking for when, when, we, are, when we come to church and we say, I want to go to church, what is it that we are looking for? If we are looking for religion, you can go anywhere. Anywhere. Um, I was part of a retreat, actually leading that retreat on, the, on behalf of the Presbytery this week, Wednesday through Friday. Um, and on Wednesday night, we have to talk about you know, the, the expectation that we have for the retreat and what is it that we, I want to get out of that retreat. And so I was leading, and since I, in preparation for that retreat, I mean, I never experienced preparing a retreat, so much challenges, so many challenges, so many situations that I have to resolve in order to get there. But we finally got there, and when we got there, I was thinking, you know, what is it that you really want to do here, Lord? Uh, and then, when the time came to talk about our expectations, our expectations, one of the, I said, you know, I've been preparing this retreat for so long, <laughs> one year and two months, 14 months, right, that I really want to see Jesus do whatever he pleases. Now, that sounds very churchy, but it was really real to me. I want to see Jesus doing whatever he pleases. And then one pastor said, well, my expectation, look at this, is that I, will, I want to come out of this retreat totally clear about what is it that God wants for me in my ministry. And I'm thinking in my mind, uh, and I repeat it, totally clear, right? It's a, yeah, totally clear. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, can you do that? Because I can't. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that daunting? Totally clear? And I'm like, okay, one extra layer to this, to this retreat. And I'm, so seriously, I, but I was praying in my mind, you know, and I wanted to really practice what I was talking about. I want to see Jesus doing whatever he pleases. 
even though that sounded really hard to me, whatever he was asking for, I just let go. And at the end of the retreat, we need to ask, what is it that you're taking home with you? So everybody said whatever they have to say, and then the brother came, the pastor said, I want to say that at the beginning of the retreat, I said that I want to be totally clear about what is it that the Lord has for me in my ministry. And I'm going to tell you, brothers, and only brothers at that particular meeting, by the way, um, that I got that. And I just say, hallelujah! (laughs) Because only Jesus can do that, right? Totally clear. There is nothing impossible for Jesus. Is is there anything impossible for him? But for Harold, he got zero. He was totally confused. Why? Because his expectations of Jesus were out of of bounds. Jesus didn't come to make make you feel good. That's a plus. You know, some people go to church today because they want it to feel good. That's a good thing, but that's not the main reason why Jesus came for. And if you are asking from God things that, uh, that might be good, but probably not what he wants to, for you to receive, you might, might want to change the question or the, the request a little bit and say, what is it that you want to do in my life? What is it that you really want to accomplish in my life? You know, when we approach our faith as a religion, you will get some benefits. When we approach our faith as a real journey with God, you will be transformed. Because religion can only go that far. But Jesus can really transform our lives. So, why don't you ask that question now? Ask God, instead of saying, God, you know, I want this, and I want that, and I want whatever, like a vending machine, point a a quarter or whatever, and get me what I want. Why don't you ask the question in a different way and say, Lord, what is it really that you want from me? Am I doing the right thing now? Do I need to change or adjust something in my life? Do I? I mean, you might feel like that's a scary thing because probably you think, I already know what to do to change my life, but I don't want to do that. You know, sometimes we already know the answer, right? But it's, it's, it's worthwhile to ask that question and say, Lord, you know, I, I, in my personal life sometimes, I I will tell God, you know, I know what I need to do. I don't want to do that. Can you help me? You notice the difference? I'm telling him the truth as much as I can. Say, I don't want to do that. Can you help me? And I think that's that's exactly what we need to do. We need to be honest and, and say, you know what, God, sometimes I really want just a thrill moment in religion, with religion. 
but I really want to know what is it that you want for me. Two years ago, I, I had the opportunity to uh, celebrating the, 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 the marriage of one of my good friends, by the way, she married when she was 70 years old. Um, and I asked them, why do you want to get married? 70 and 69 years old person. And part of my, my, my privilege and responsibility when two people are getting married is to make sure they have a purpose. It's not just the feeling and the, and the kissing and the hugging and all that. that all that's good, really good, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I want, I want to know, because she has been waiting for 20 years to get the partner. He has been waiting for 20 years to get the partner. So when I had that opportunity, I asked him, why? Remember, that's a very important question, Why? Why do you want to get married? I said, well, they started answering the question, but I said, no. When you are not able to enjoy certain part of your, your marriage in the future, I don't know what the future will be for them, but I asked them, what will sustain you guys? And they thought about it, and they said, you know what? We have a great passion for children. And we want to be missionaries in Nicaragua. <laughs> huh? How's that? Wait, let me see if I have time to finish. Yes, I have. <laughs> and, um, wow, I said, that sounds like a plan to me. That sounds good. Just make sure when everything else is not working, I'm not talking about that, but yes, that too. <laughs> Remember the main reason why you said that you have a reason to be together. Two years later, uh, they tried hard to get to Nicaragua. That was not possible. You know, as you know, things are changing in Nicaragua amazingly. Um, and now, <laughs> Jesus asked them, Will you consider the possibility of going to Mexico instead? And they said yes. And I was giving a little recommendation to them, and they are going to Mexico now. You notice that? Change of plans. The reason why you're together is the reason why you are together is beyond your feelings and your uh, desires is, is also because you have a purpose for God. Am I making sense this morning? So, I'm pleased to hear that. And I want to tell you, please do not allow yourself to become so entrenched with religion that you, you miss Jesus in the process. Don't become so into Although I, I love Presbyterianism, by the way, but so Presbyterian that you have to ask a committee if Jesus is welcome. <laughs> Got it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, almost ending. 
You know, I'm so fascinated by the fact that a powerful man was unable to recognize Jesus. Aren't you? I mean, why would you miss that opportunity? Why? Um, and something that happened also at the retreat, at the very beginning of the, of the first night, I asked them to read, we asked ourselves actually, to read John chapter 20. Remember, when they are so afraid after Jesus was rose, I mean, came back from the dead, And they are so afraid about the Jews that they were together, locked up, worried about the future. And Jesus just came in and said something that's, that's amazing. He says, Shalom. And the question that I asked our friends there was, what are you afraid of? What are you worried about? What is disturbing you these days? Number two, where do you need to receive the peace of Jesus Christ in a fresh manner, in a fresh way these days? And three, I asked them, what are you missing? Because Thomas wasn't there, remember, when that happened. So what are you missing, brother and sister? What are you missing about Jesus that you don't want to miss anymore? Can we pray? Let's pray. Honestly, um, Jesus, sometimes we are so into religion, so into our practices, so into whatever we like to do, and into our own expectations that Jesus is passing by, you are passing by, and we don't realize that you are right there in front of us. Feel sorry for King Herod, who was unable to see you because he didn't want the person, but he wanted just a show. He wanted a show. And I ask you, please, to help me not to be looking for shows or for thrill moments freely moments. But help me to see you from a different perspective. Help me to embrace you as you have have embraced me. Help me to remember that I'm part of you already and all I have to do is to open my eyes, open my ears, open my heart, open my mind, open my spirit and allow you to really do what you only can do. You are welcome this morning once again. And there is anybody here in this room that is struggling mightily with anxiety, with fears, with turmoil, and they need to see you and receive your peace Shalom, in a fresh way. Will you do that for them, please, Lord? Will you allow us to move forward? Will you tell with me if you want? From here.
Will you say that with me? Jesus, you are welcome here. I welcome you. Amen.